Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hey, welcome. Welcome again, yet again. It's uh, June 23rd. It's a Tuesday, and that means my sister Susan is on the other line, I think. Hello. I am, I am, I am. You am? Good. Hey, so. (laughs) I'm sorry, I'm clearing my throat like a good Miller girl. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I... um, I was thinking when I was walking the dog the other day. Oh, I have to tell you this great walking a dog story. I just do. I do. I do. And I hope I can tell it because you had to have been there, I suspect. All right. Well, I'll, t- I'll, I'll, I assure you. I'll be you, the judge. I'll let, no, I'll be the judge. Okay. 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 okay so I'm walking the dog uh, yesterday, late, late afternoon, and um, walking down a sidewalk and i um i see um um an older woman <laughs> you know it's funny i look i think wow there's an old lady and i mean i'm thinking she might be looking at me and thinking there's an old lady um but there's a there was an older woman and a little white dog had and she just come around the corner so it sort of startled me and i thought oh boy and i decided she was older than me so i moved off um into the street and um and allowed her the the sidewalk and we passed and she went on her way and i got back onto the sidewalk with my dog and we were just about at the corner that she had uh that she had turned uh from and a big red tabby kind of cat. Can you have me a red tabby? You know uh, yes. what I mean? I yeah. do know what you mean, yes. Okay. A big red cat comes around the corner, just uh, as she and her little white dog had. And since Blue and I were pretty much at the corner ourselves, I like, whoa, and I really grabbed Blue's leash right near his, uh, because he, he doesn't know too much, well, he doesn't know from cat, he's mostly just curious, but he, I mean, a cat is something that just makes him go, whoa, and so, but something was different, this cat (laughs) clearly saw me and the dog, we were no more than five feet away. And didn't care. Did not care. Continued, didn't even give us a side <laughs> eye. Continued to walk very purposefully right down the center of the sidewalk, which took, I mean, so Blue and I, like, we backed up a little bit, um, the cat paying us no mind and blue so stunned that he did not move. He did not do a thing. He was in shock. This cat walked purposely and totally uninterested in us right by us at one point, no more than eh, two feet away, continued on tail in the air, very sort of careful, right down the center of the, and then I thought, wait a minute, is that cat with the woman and the white dog? I betcha. And it was. It continued. It was about 30 feet behind the woman and dog. But it was so clearly following them. Another young woman uh, was watching this, and she was stunned, too. And I saw her running up. I mean, Blue and I did not move. We just continued to watch this cat. And this young woman started calling after the old woman and the white dog, Excuse me, excuse me. You know your cat is... Yeah, is this your cat? And the woman said, yes, 
Yes. And we're off out for they a walk. Went. What's the matter with they you were guys? They <laughs> out for a walk. And how cute was I thought that was the cutest damn thing I have seen in ages. It was, and the woman never even looked back. She knew that apparently this must happen every time they go for a walk, and she knows the cat is behind her, even 30 feet behind her. And the cat's total assurance and able to project to other dogs that it's not really a cat, it's just a dog walking well, I don't like know that, what but... it is. Blue to this day now does not know what the hell was that. What was that? Oh, it was so cute. Oh, my God, it was so cute. Oh, well, so anyway, that's, I'm glad I remembered to tell you that. Anyway, I, never mind for the thing I was going to tell you. It doesn't even matter. So. No, so that was not a you-had-to-be-there story. That's just, no! a, good, oh, that's just a good animal story. Oh, God, I wish, though, I had my, I'd had my camera. I saw the young girl trying to take a picture. There is no way a picture could have shown this. Well, no, no because way. Because you had to actually witness the whole long time. I know. The dot and and the cat was really pretty far behind. Um so the woman and the white dog would be just a little thing in the picture. Um but that cat, oh my God, I love that cat. That is the coolest cat ever. Well, you'll, you'll have <laughs> to tell that one to our brother. That's right. Who who is at home? Yes, he's gone home. And he's being kept, what, in a sealed room in his own home? He's in jail. (laughs) He's perfectly happy, I'm sure. No, I think he's a little grumpy about it. But but nonetheless, the dog made a sufficient show of delirious happiness at at seeing him again after his extended absence, that it more than makes up for the fact that he's being kept in saran wrap in one room and and (laughs) having to use the bathroom in the basement or something. (laughs) Are you kidding me? (laughs) God, you know. Well, I'm of two minds here. Some people seem to be being a little nuts. Well, about that. And other people people are being nuts in the other direction. I don't know where the hell. My kids are very strict. I mean, I have the most, okay, so it's going to be that kind of day. I had the most marvelous thing happen over the weekend, and that was that my son and my daughter-in-law and my two grandchildren came to visit the backyard on Sunday, they drew, got up uh, and were on the road by 8 a.m. and drove from their house to our house in Green from Bay. Chicago to Green Bay. Yeah. Chicago to Green Bay, got here around 11 o'clock. I met them with Kroll's hamburgers. You have to be from Green Bay or know about <laughs> Green Bay lore to understand that that was a must. I did uh, uh, cheeseburgers for everybody from Kroll's. And um, and then we spent the day in the backyard, and and mother has mother has always had a swimming pool because it's good for her, and she's still swimming. Uh, and my two-year-old granddaughter was heard to announce that she liked a swimming pool. <laughs> well, and, sure. And, and then that's she was going to go run in the park, and that's just so you know. That 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 she's a real city girl because that's what she called the the lawn, the backyard, the backyard, <laughs> the, the park. park. Yeah, but that wasn't the part that I was telling you. The part I wanted to tell you is right after they got there, and she realized that I was at this house because she usually sees me at my home in Chicago or at her home. But she realized here was Nana at this house, and she just broke loose and ran across the patio and screaming, I want to give you a hug. And, oh, and and she just grabbed my legs and hugged. And I, I'm holding up my hands like a cook on top Aww. shelf, you know, when the bell goes Aww. off. No hands, no hands. I'm not, I'm going, I want to touch you so bad. <laughs> but I, but oh, that was so blissful. I got a hug. Wow. Were her parents freaked? 
Well, no. Um, her mother said, "Boy, I don't get what I don't get that." <laughs> well, I well, guess but she's been, around all the time. She's around all the time. Oh, yeah, and of we course. have been. I mean, I we've been tantalizingly close to each other a couple of times. Yeah, and she knows that for some strange reason we aren't allowed to touch each other, and she keeps trying. Oh. And I have to admit, I keep sending her these little telepathic messages to just come ahead and do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. What a, she's what very a... responsive. <laughs> yeah, anyway. she's something, that one. Anyway, but, oh, so that how... was just so, the, so all about, which is to say... And then um, they turned around uh, and, and they drove turned back. around and went back to Chicago because yeah, they, um, they have basically been um, at, in their home with their children in Chicago quarantined since this whole thing started, you know, yeah. teaching their kids and both working full time and mm-hmm. um, from their home. And, um, you know, so it was it was it was this little fleeting moment of. Almost, normalcy, almost normal, almost normalcy, Not where quite. we could pretend, and we had, and we spent the afternoon together, and then it was nap time, and the kids fell asleep after a day in the pool, and my, oh, my grandson is just, uh, you know, I, it's Aww. just wonderful. Anyway, all of which is to say that, yeah, if if we're doing this for the long term. Um, you know, when you're, when you're my, our mother's age at, you know, almost 98 now or our age, um, old enough to be her children. (laughs) Jesus Christ. Uh, um, Yeah. uh, What, what we're staying alive for begins to become part of the equation in risk assessment. So there has to be, and, and the, see, these are individual These decisions. are all individual choices, and choices no one has make the right every... to question anybody else's choice. No, unless your choice is putting other people Others who have no risk. say yeah, in, in, at risk. No, so no. I right. think, yeah, so we're in a, agreement here. Um, but, I mean, honestly, I think if Mother and I had to spend a year just with each other, uh, as much as we love each other and as smart as we are about it and everything, I th- I already have seen us mentally failing from sensory de- deprivation. I mean, we just are, are you know, yeah. we we depend on more than each other for um, for emulation, brain yeah. sustenance. Yeah, I know, I know. Well, look, so, you, anyways, got, all you at least have mom. Was, all, I've got a dog. That's I know. I'm, I know. I mean, yeah. Uh, and that's why, you know, if, we, if we're in this for the long haul, in order not to break down completely and run screaming unmasked into a crowd, <laughs> it behooves us to figure out um, well, well, you know, like, how like large we want our bubble yeah. to be and what risks we're willing to, yeah. um, to right. assume in order to not live a meaningless life when at our age it might be all we have left. Okay. I'm not disagreeing. Um, okay. However, yeah, we're all going to make these, make these choices. Meanwhile, a lot of people have made clear choices, which is, I'm just going to live my life exactly like I did and I don't care. This real. <laughs> <laughs> and lo and behold... And, and what, Lo and behold, the age group that's spiking now. The age group that's spiking is twenties uh, and thirties, and um, and you know, odds are they'll get it, they'll survive it, and um, you know, by doing that, they'll bring the mortality rate of it down. Um, however, they're not thinking about the people who might not survive it. So they're they're being or who have to care for them and risk their that's lives. Exactly right. They are being self interested jerks. Um and Well that's what I mean and and in that regard, uh, my children are far stricter. Of course they're in Chicago and and don't feel safe being anything less than really strict. 
Um, but they, but they're doing, they're far more quarantine-y. They don't go to a grocery store. I mask up and go to a grocery store. I go but to I, a grocery store. Right, right. And we're much more vulnerable than they. I know, huh. but uh, I, 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 I almost went to a Chicago grocery store twice, and I just looked at it and thought, uh-uh. Huh. Well, so, again, we all have the, and who knows, um, we're, we're sort of making choices based on uh, constantly changing information, um, uh, but these clusters that are popping up now all over the country, um, and what's fascinating to me, because I, I noted uh, yesterday that the um, Allegheny County uh, numbers have been uh, troublingly rising in new cases um, in the last four or five days. I mean, we were, you know, five new cases, yeah, seven new cases, and then all of a sudden, kaplooey. And I believe yesterday was 45 new cases. And that's right, because we're going out more. What's fascinating is the... Um, uh, it, we've been told that as they've looked at the numbers and who is sick, these are, yes, younger uh, people, and um, they do not seem to be, and this blew my mind, did not seem to have anything to do with the protests. Right. They're, these were the people that were hanging out in bars. <laughs> these are bars. These are... Um, People who've left, who've traveled and come back, um, churches, the spiky, the places where this is happening are, yes, entertainment venues and uh, religious venues are the two biggies. But, and while there have been um, cases shown to have uh, come from people who were at uh, protests. What was the last number I saw? Nationally, they have identified uh, 50 people who attended or worked at protests who have tested positive, but no major outbreak or spike or, you know, uh, you know, one event, one protest has been directly uh, linked to, um, I mean, has been directly linked to a spike, which is fascinating to me, which is, is really interesting. And of course, that was reported in the local uh, paper and the comment section, which I usually avoid, is from people saying, oh, yeah, right, I believe that. That's like the left-wing media saying, no, you only get it if you go to church. You don't get it if you're out in the streets looting. Well, there's and some that, truth to that if you're out in the streets. Outdoors. Uh, you're outdoors. That's exactly right. And you're masked. And a lot, so, yeah, I saw a lot. I saw a predominant. Predominant. Why can Why can I say predominantly? Yeah, mask wears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing: um, the people who like get off on American exceptionalism, uh, we are exceptional. There is no doubt about it. The United States of America comprises is 5% of the world's population and 25% of the world's COVID-19 cases and 25% of the world's deaths. And the, the rest United of the world States. is sitting around aghast and, and uh, Americans uh, are beginning to notice well, I don't know, but because we have it, it, I don't know if you saw the New York Times editorial uh, today, but they say this, and it, it's so true. I mean, we know this. America has always had, and these are Trump voters. Uh, the New York Times says we're doing badly, not only because of a lack of, I'm paraphrasing here, lack of leadership, but because they're 
is a long-standing anti-science, anti-expertise streak in American culture. The same streak that makes us uniquely unwilling to accept evolution or climate change. It's the same thing. Uh, there is a belligerent faction within our society that refuses to acknowledge inconvenient truths, uh, to quote, I believe, Al Gore's uh, climate change movie, refuses to acknowledge inconvenient or uncomfortable facts, preferring to believe that the experts are somehow conspiring against them. For what? I don't know. But the reality is, is this American, exceptional American rejection of science, expertise, knowledge is killing us. And the numbers just keep ticking up. It's killing us. Literally, I am. People seem not to believe it. It's like they're watching a video game. Well, I think again, like they say, there are these are people who simply have an ability to not believe. They just refuse to believe things that are uh, uncomfortable for them. They simply cannot open their heads and take it in. Um. Michelle Goldberg got on this today. Let me just, you know, it's unbelievable to watch some of these Republican-led states. Arizona, which is, you know, spiking like right. crazy Florida. there. Florida, and, which had a spike in pneumonia deaths. Did you know that? that oh, uh, not, shocking. Oh, right. shocking. No, not so many pneumonia. from COVID, but, but <laughs> like 6,000 pneumonia deaths when they usually oh. only have, I don't know, 100. <laughs> oh, my God. God. So Arizona, Florida, Texas, they, those states where we're seeing these huge spikes, people dying, they still do not even mandate mask wearing in a store or in any place that you walk. They do not mandate mask wearing. In fact, the governor of Arizona and the governor of Texas, both of those guys, actually have been preventing any cities in their states from instituting their own mandates. So if the mayor of, uh, of Houston wants to mandate that anybody walking into a grocery store has to have a mask on, he can't. I mean, this, and that takes this sort of know nothingism into um, it's murderous. Yeah, yeah. They're knowingly yeah. killing their people. What the? And, and uh, it is. And and I think that I think that at some point we got to start charging these guys with uh, with manslaughter. I, I mean, it's intentional. It's simply intentional. Well. I'll give you the World Health Organization. You know that terrible that terrible organization that we have as a as a country now pulled out of. In the while there's, it's the only global institution dealing with this global epidemic, and we have pulled out. And see how well we're doing too. Uh, the director general said, "Hey guys," he didn't say guys. It took three months for this virus to infect the first million people on this planet. It took three months. You know how long it took to get the second million? Eight days. Eight days. And then he says, the greatest risk that we face now is not the virus. It's the lack of global leadership. 
we cannot defeat this pandemic with a divided world. And we are exhibit A in how this has become politicized and divided a friggin' pandemic. Oh, my God. Can you imagine three months to get the first million, eight days the second? No, and all the time that's been wasted. And we still have a president that's standing on the lawn this morning proclaiming how we're winning and that doing more testing is a double-edged sword. I mean, yes, it is, because it proves what a bad job he's doing, you know. That's why he doesn't want it, I know. He he sees those numbers. Well, listen, I don't even want to get to hell with them. Anyway, Michelle Goldberg says this. Um, so far, mass protests over police violence don't seem to have resulted in coronavirus spikes, but liberal support for the demonstrations solidified the conviction among many conservatives that strict social distancing rules are a hypocritical tool of social control. The paranoia and resentment that have long been part of our culture and part of the culture of the modern right are now directed at those warning about the ongoing danger of the pandemic. Um, They have now, I mean, they are actively, this whole millions of Americans actively working to subvert the public health uh, workers trying to get a handle on this. Do you know public health workers are getting death threats? I mean, they're getting death threats. World, would they be getting death threats? You tell in America, in this exceptional country, health worker. I know they. Some have had armed protesters outside of their homes. I think in neighboring Ohio, the health state health director resigned. She couldn't take it. So I'm out of here. I didn't sign up for this. Gone. Um, these friggin' fools will kill us one way or the other. Jeez. Incredible. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you know, as they march themselves, it's really amazing. As like they aren't dying. I, I guess understand. they aren't. They must not know anybody that's dying. Well, that that's gonna that can't be true anymore, and that's going to it can't be true. They thought this was an urban thing that only killed Democrats and black and brown people. I know but that's now, what they were saying in Missouri, and now of course it's all rural Missouri. Of course, Duh. I remember saying, "You idiots! You don't think it's you think a virus cares where you live?" God, only if nobody, nobody ever moved, moved, but we do went from one area to the other. We do move and people come through our towns and, you know, I mean, what were they thinking? Anyway, here's something wonderful that uh, Ed sent me. Um, If you're it's from Travel and Leisure magazine which has to have fallen on hard times. <laughs> Not only is it a magazine, but, you know, who the hell's traveling? But Cambodia has instituted new tourism rules, including, I guess, if you uh, go into Cambodia, it costs you $3,000 to enter the country. It's a deposit, you get it back if you leave. $3,000 entry to po- deposit to cover the costs of your care and possibly your funeral. Right. <laughs> so if you go to Cambodia, you know, 
Welcome to Cambodia. Give me the three thou. We'll, well give it back if you get out of here if, alive. If you are among the people that are traveling, you are in yeah. the highest risk group. That is right. They don't. They need you in some ways, but they don't really want you. I and mean, by the I, way, if you are, if you do have to fly, would you please just you know go out and get yourself a pair of swim goggles? I don't care. Wear goggles. It's as important as the mask. <sighs> okay. So, um, I know life is, life is weird. Yeah. Yeah. You tell me. So, uh, Trump's little visa thing he did uh, yesterday. His executive order. Yes. Which is of course just upsetting um, all of his corporate uh, overlord friends, because the people he's shutting out are people of great expertise who that they are need. now, per- yeah, right, and that they need especially now to sort of restart things. But um, his, uh, you know, his racism and xenophobia trumps his uh, the, the economic interest. Do you know how nasty this thing is? It also get this. Maybe this is fine print, but it it blocks the spouses of foreigners who are already here employed at companies in the United States. Can you imagine? No. You mean they're here and they're going to get thrown out? No, they can't come. I mean, if they were thinking of coming, they cannot come. If the guy or the woman that had the job went first and the uh, and they were going to follow, forget yeah, it. They can't come. And of course, what this will do is ensure, and this is, I guess, what Stephen Miller and Trump want, that these people are not going to come. By their own volition, they're going to say, well, f- I don't... I'm not going to go. I'll go to another my, country. I can't my wife and children. I'm not coming. Hell with you. And so you got business leaders and tech or, officials. Or what? or the, everybody's just going to continue to work remotely. Um, you know, maybe they don't have to physically be there. They'll work remotely, and the United States will simply keep, you know, lose the tax dollars that it otherwise would have gotten out of that person working in the United States. They won't, but they'll still be employed, and they'll still get paid. Just sending the money out of the country. I mean, if the pandemic taught us anything, it's that we don't need offices. That's right. For, uh, we don't need anywhere near. We don't need business as travel. As, yeah. So, see, you know, CMU, Pitt, these universities, these research universities, they're not going to get the top students that they have been attracting because those students can go somewhere else. Well, and by the way, they are now getting a picture of the United States and yeah. have been for the last three years. That Why would they want to... Come. Come here. It's a dangerous place. It's a scary Especially place. if you're a person of color. Why yeah. would you want Why to come here? You? The chances are you're being treated worse in the United States than any of the European countries. Why would you want to come here? And who are these people that think football is going to happen? And who are people? Is it? Uh, oh, I, I, Susan, that's like the number one entertainment in the country. I know, I understand, I, I yeah. understand. But I know, I was just saying to a to um, to one of Mother's friends here, um, who was just assuming, you know, that the the games are. I said, how? Just imagine Packer Stadium, where for those of you who somehow don't know this, there are no individual seats. It's bench seating. In the bowl, in the original stadium, which is the bulk of the seating, it is all bleachers. It's It's bleacher seating. Um, And then onto these bleachers, they pack twice as many people as should reasonably be able to fit on each bleacher, (laughs) such that when you stand up, your seat disappears. That's just what happens. And when you come back, when you come back, you just remember in between which two people you're to squeeze. 
and then right. everybody squeezes a little bit, and you get back in. Well, it's one of the ways you stay warm in Lambo. It's how you stay warm during the cold no games. Doubt. It's, That's it's right. part of the experience, you know. Yeah. Um, we love our neighbors in Green Bay, quite literally. <laughs> um, but there's no, there's no way. There's no way that they could have a game that unless the only P, you know, unless they had, um, well, uh, here's what I would suggest. I will buy my season tickets. I will donate my season tickets and, uh, first responders and grocery workers and those sorts of people can be in the stands. That's all. And they are and they are seated in family groups and socially distanced. And everybody else watches it on TV. And that doesn't solve the problem of the players all dying. No, that's what I was going to say. That's not even, I wasn't even thinking of uh, the fans. I was thinking they'd be playing these games without anyone in the stands. You can't ask these players. I mean, I'm sorry. There is no way for them to be safe. First of all, the, the game itself, there's no way for them to be safe. But now add on to that. Um, the fact that you are in so such close uh, proximity to others and add to it that as these college football players they, come they've back, come back and they're all already infected. 23 football players at Clemson already positive, 10 at Iowa State, Texas State. They're all, I mean, it's just one after the other. What well, are man, they that's thinking? cool because then they'll all be, you know, the, it'll just go through them and then they'll all be immune and then we can have our season far out, man. Yeah. Unbelievable. Really is unbelievable. I okay. just feel like there's, uh, you know, somehow in my own head, uh, the only way that football should be on our minds right now is, um, you know, in in the sense that it, it factors into Black Lives Matter. There just seems to be so many more important things happening, and I understand that people want to watch sports, uh, but <laughs> well, I think we should. I think we should be deprived of that so that we continue to to focus on what we need to do in the areas that have been presented to us and which are more than time consuming. I have a um I have a nightmare scenario for anyone who isn't already worrying about enough stuff. We aren't in a nightmare scenario. <laughs> Listen to this one. Headline Washington Post today. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we might it might be 2023 before we find out who won the presidential election. Barring a landslide, what's probably not coming on November third? A result in the race for the White House. So they are saying, and of course this is true, with all of these mail ballots, there's no way we're going to know. Who won? We will know the count of people who voted in person, which, by the way, guys, we're all we already know that more Democrats are voting by mail than Republicans. So imagine a scenario where you have numbers, but they're not from the mail in. And it looks like Trump's doing okay, And then. Uh, days, days later, you get new numbers on top of them that are overwhelmingly for Biden because fraud. they fraud, mail fraud, voter fraud, fraud. That is right. So here's what. Well, they've been carefully like, laying the groundwork for. Him but yes, today. yes. So understand what they're doing, right? And then it says right here, barring a landslide. That is a scenario. Okay, so that, here's my solution. Let's not bar a landslide. Let's yes, let's do a landslide. With, let's yeah. do a landslide. Yeah. Yeah, because, because they're that's really that, what that's that, their latest. That's what they're doing. They're setting they're setting with Trump's tweets and bar and doing all this stuff. There is this thing where they will call if the election is in any way close it, it 
the reality is, is we will probably have to wait unless there's a tsunami landslide. We might have to wait a week or two. So now we know clearly what the job is. I mean, uh, we aren't asking much. We're just asking for a landslide, which would be great because then we'd have the Senate too. So let's just do it. I mean, you know, a few months ago, you thought this can't possibly happen. And then the stars, or shall we say, the misfortune aligned in their perfect numbers of three. Trump, a pandemic, and a brutal murder for us all to see. And when those three things happened together, it created a a intense response that... Um, for some strange reason, for example, the police insist on reinforcing with an alarming, almost daily reoccurrence of the trauma. Yep. So I, I'm really serious. I don't want us to get inured like we're getting tired of the pandemic and we're, so we're just going out. We can't get tired again. We can't say this is too much work. I don't want to. Uh, again, we really can't. Yeah, you know, yes. And if you look into, I agree. I mean, I'm looking here. Uh, Pennsylvania uh, always made it hard to vote by mail. Well, so we're not set up as a state to do this very well and efficient, efficiently. And uh, the election officials here are desperately trying to obtain permission from the legislature to start counting the mail ballots they have before election night. You know, that's, they that's yeah, I can understand why they want to do it, but that's really a problem. Yeah. Well, then we ain't going to know how Pennsylvania goes. For a long, I understand, but long you, I mean, time. can I just off the top of your head start thinking the problems if they start counting in advance and and how fraught that is? Why no <laughs> one would know what they're? Well, how do you know no one would know? That's what you have to bet that that wouldn't leak. Mm. I don't know what I don't know how willing you are to bet that it wouldn't leak. But in these times, with with the kind of people who uh, are willing to do whatever it takes, I wouldn't I wouldn't think that there wasn't someone that would take that information and use it for uh, for fraudulent purposes. You bet. Well, I got to tell you, if you really want to be nervous about something, understand that this election that you've been waiting for for so long unless it is overwhelming you're not gonna okay. know november 4th november 5th november 6th no and think of the mischief because who will still be in the white house who will still command all of the power of the federal government um I'm just saying. Be oh no, it's not going to be pretty. But I mean, we're going to have that anyway. Imagine if he loses, he's still there for two months. Imagine. Oh God. Hey, here's another one. I'm full of good news. <laughs> you imagine you're 70 years old. You get COVID. You're hospitalized. You're in the hospital for over two months. So you have had a rough time. You have been in ICU, who knows what. This guy in Seattle survived. 62 days in the hospital. He gets home. He's still obviously recovering. And then he gets the bill. $1.2 million. 
That's just from the hospital, not from doctors and other things. $1.2 million. Don't you remember right at the beginning, there was all this talk about how no one's going to have to bear the costs of treatment for the virus? uh, What happened to that? I don't know, but I do know that people are getting these bills now. Well, I do. Yeah, there's there's been several stories. What are these people supposed to do? They can't pay. Uh, mail it back and say it was my understanding that this was on the federal government. Sorry. Jeez. Oy. Or you could just write across it. You should have let me die and send it back. <laughs> God Almighty. Okay. Um, I want to see. Uh, <laughs> so, so when the, are you going to a restaurant, Lynn? I don't know. I mean, I can see. I can see going and sitting um, at a table outside, but I haven't, and I probably won't. But when I see people doing that, I don't think they're nuts. I don't think they're nuts either, but when I think of doing it, here's how I feel. Like I would literally be a sitting duck. Hmm. Well, you know, when you first venture out and do any of these things that you haven't done. You're panic-stricken, I know. You get very nervous. I had a full-blown anxiety attack like the first six times I went to the grocery store. Yeah, sure. And then you relax. You you realize that, hey, I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do here. I would have to be the unluckiest human being in the world to, uh, I mean, I had, um, I have a guy coming to the house who's going to do a bunch of little handyman kinds of things. I do too, but he's my son-in-law. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't have that. I don't know this guy from Adam. Um <laughs> And, I realized then, that this was a hidden bonus. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's nice. Then I got, um, I had to have a new garage door, so they installed that uh, last weekend. And when they came, these two guys were not wearing masks, nor was I. I came out to say hello. And they said, do you want us to wear masks? And I said, well, I'm not going to be around you. You're going to be here. I'm going in the house. No. And they said, thank you. I mean, well, yeah, I mean, we had to have workmen in the kitchen because, you know, both of mother's ovens decided to give up the ghost. I mean, her microwave and her thing, it was like a joke. Uh, (laughs) I'm still struggling with whether or not to let someone come in and truly clean my house as opposed to what I've been doing for the last uh, two months or so, three months. Um, but I, I, I know she is doing other people's houses already and that just, I don't know, makes me nervous. So yeah, is, it would make is a it shiny would make floor. Too. Yeah. yeah. Is a shiny floor. So these are these calculations that you keep making. Um, and I, I just, well, you know, all you have to do, I, I think you, you can sit outside while she's there, and then when, you, when she leaves, just take, you know, just, what? just wipe <laughs> off all the handles once more, you know, just the, the doors, and, and you're fine. You're, I really think you're fine. Um, and, uh, you know, just don't be near her. Yeah. God, I hate this. It's just, it's no, it's terrible. I just hate it. God damn. And it's hard to remember. I mean, I'm constantly, you know, just saying, you know, we we can loosen the rules, but if you can't remember to stay far away, then we can't. Well, what happens is people don't. I mean, don't. No, you don't stay six feet away. You don't. I mean, I see people, sidewalk neighbors, and they don't have masks in there. I don't know. We all have this mindset, I think, that if we know the person, they're not a danger to us. 
Right. Well, that's not true. And it's not true. No. And just because you don't want to hurt their feelings doesn't mean, you know, I mean, I'm running into that here. And and because um, the population that's dropping by is all of us a certain age, <laughs> they really seem to have trouble holding on to the, the the memory. Bill, you know, our brother did. I do. You know, just oh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Well, we've spent our lives living in a certain way and now we're supposed to not do anything that we've done for decades we're supposed to turn on a dime it's very very hard to do yeah i mean you know it, and what i find interesting is i i'm uh you know always been thought of as a very highly social gregarious person but i know myself to be someone that can be perfectly happy pretty much alone. And I didn't realize how much I depended on the small little bits of interaction that I got, yeah. you know, that, that I didn't need much, but what I required, I actually seemed to yeah. require. Right. I'm like that too. And I'm not necessarily getting my, my full compliment um, these days. Well, but, you aren't alone. Know that. But I know that. Not God, being I alone, see. not being, that doesn't, you know, I'm here to say that just doesn't do diddly squat. <laughs> and I don't know why people think that sharing misery makes you any less miserable. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and conversely, I'd like to know, by the way, what's wrong with schadenfreude. Freud. I've been asking, I've been asking people this, why does it get such a bad rap when it feels so good? Well, lots of things that feel good, invariably the things that feel good are things that are bad, supposedly. Supposedly, yeah. Well, a lot of them. A lot of them are. But was it wrong to just feel giddy joy at our our president standing in, in Tulsa? I mean... That was that was as happy as I've been in a, a long time, I, and, <laughs> and I think I wasn't alone. No, no, I, I was, I was happy to see that it went uh, kaplooey. Right, and, and that's was, the and that is a classic piece of Schadenfreude. Yeah, well, if any, listen, feeling uh, joy at his uh, discomfort um, or unhappiness is I can't think, be wrong, right? I, I don't think. <laughs> I, I don't think. It's like feeling sorry for Satan. This yeah, is in not a way. Necessary. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, okay. he is not on our side, and he is killing people, and he is dangerous as hell. And no, I think any time he stumbles, uh, we should uh, cheer. I do. And that and was. How do you think Bolton feels being the second most hated man in America? Well, I don't give a shit about him either. He's vile. He's just he vile. He was vile. always vile. We always knew he was vile. And he's vile. He's uh, vile now. He's hated by absolutely everybody. Yeah. They hate him on the right. They hate everybody him on the left. Hates him. It's the only thing everybody can agree on. He's just like, ugh. He's horrible. So he'll get, he'll, at least he'll have more money. Well, but I don't not. know. It. I don't because know that he'll have buy that money. They'll, they just might take him to court, and the courts might find that he mm. he screwed up, and uh, the book's published, but he has he can't profit off his. Uh, I don't his, know. Uh, I doubt that. Well, that happens I, a lot. I know, but I I doubt it. I I just uh, I doubt it. I don't. I don't even care. I don't care about him. No, I don't care either. I am, you know, I am the person who's concerning me more than anybody right now is actually the attorney general. Um, He is frightening. And his messed up uh, thing that he did with the Southern District um, is just, it's amazing. They're full on fascists now. Full-on fascists. They're getting rid of anybody in any position that is not um, not so a in the line. 
Yeah. Right. And, well, and I mean, these guys are actively, but I don't know who, he'd have to fire that whole office. Don't put it past him. He he lost that though. He capitulated when when and the guy who stood up to him, the guy he went after, is a guy that was put there by Trump. Right after he took out the last guy that was going to uh, investigate yeah. him. No, he, he. I mean, this is he, he replaced uh, what's his name, yeah. Preet uh, Bahara. Right. And who got forced out. And then Trump put this guy in. And he put him in because, do you know Jeff Berman? That's the guy who's now out. He was a former law partner of Rudy Giuliani. I know, I know, I know, I know. I mean, that's amazing. That's amazing. And he was going after Giuliani. He was a donor to Trump's 2016 campaign. He served on the presidential transition team. Um, and the yeah, fact and, that a man like that, this is what's interesting. He was an honorable man. Yes. Uh, nonetheless, he was not allowing Barr to do what he did. And he hung in there long enough so that his deputy, by by all indications a respected person, could come in instead of one of Barr's buddies. These guys are unbelievable. They really are unbelievable. Scary stuff. Yeah, it, yeah, it's just, it is, it's, it's, and I, you, I don't know, at this point, you're thinking, to what end, really, do you think that this, that any of this is going to stop investigations after this man is out of office, do you really? Mm-hmm. Oh, poor Bree. You know, I mean, we're going to give lock him up a whole new meaning because, you know, we actually have right and justice on our side. Uh-huh. If I seem a little off today, I want you to know I did not sleep last night, and I feel my head is like Swiss cheese. I do. So I'm, I'm just saying, all of a sudden well, I realize that I've been... It's your lungs that are Swiss cheese with COVID. With this, it's... Oh, no, no, I just... Bleh. Anyway, uh, regarding cleaning people, uh, Bree, writing from Kuala Lumpur, says... Yeah, we have a cleaning person come in at, on Sundays for two hours. It is a bit of a risk. Um, but then he said they've had uh, black mold, uh, water pipe leak, <laughs> black mold. The landlady sent the guy, and he says, he borrowed my stepladder and cleaning supplies. He sneezed big, wet sneezes when he was <laughs> in that room cleaning the mold. I did not feel safe. And the wall still has mold stains on it. Well, <laughs> well, uh, that doesn't incline me to have someone come in, Bree. That was not helpful in that regard. It seems like more than a big wet sneezes. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, well, if I were not controlling who the person was, yeah, I wouldn't would not, even consider it. Yeah. For example, I would not. Um, I wouldn't be using a service. For example, unless it were uh, it was a service that I always used, and they always sent me the same people who I already knew. Yeah. Hey, here's a piece of I don't know. You can take it for whatever. Um, good news, Richard says. Uh, this is from Uniontown, PA. Um, this uh, this guy heard a boom, um, and he comes running out of his house and there'd been a big car crash. Um, And one of the cars was a police car. And the guy, a black man, uh, Dalen McClee, ran outside and pulled the cop to safety as flames erupted 
in the cap. So he saved, there's no doubt, he saved this cop's life. So that's giving some people, so here is a black man who himself has had encounters uh, with cops, not good ones, but he ran and saved that cop, just so as you know, which is, uh, I guess, nice. Now, something that I think you probably know, but I, I hadn't seen these numbers before. You know, if you want to be able to do a manicure in Louisiana, you have to have 500 hours of training. That's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Um, to be a police officer in Louisiana, you have to do 360 hours. Well, there's there's a lot to learn about cuticles. Do you believe that? 500 hours to be a manicurist, 360 to be a cop. Okay, I got another one. North Carolina, you want to cut hair? 1,528 hours of training. And at a cost. I mean, obviously you're paying for all those hours. 1,528 hours to be, have a license to cut hair in North Carolina to be a cop. Less than half of that, 620 hours. Well, that's twice as many as Louisiana. Get this. You want to decorate homes? You want to be an interior decorator in Florida? 1,760 hours. Now, if that's just too much for you, 1,760 hours, you want to drop a 1,000 of those hours? Get it down to just 770 hours? Do that, and then you can be a police officer. Police officer, 770 hours. Interior decorator, 1,760. That one is totally insane, since I can see how a manicurist is, uh, you know, deals with most of that is, is it really it's healthcare. It's about diseases of the hand yeah. and skin. Right, and right, 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 right. But it, but interior decorator requiring my God and I. <laughs> Jeez. I yeah, mean, but there is an ongoing debate whether when you hang pictures they should all match on the bottom or they should all match on the top. Or whether it doesn't matter. And I don't think it matters. Oh, well, I don't know. I'm looking at my wall right now, and there's no, they don't match top or bottom. Well. They determine themselves what they should be. Marsha Deutsch, may her na name be a blessed memory, is rolling over in her grave. Why did she think they needed to be? Oh, they either have to match on the bottom or match on the top. Well. That's that's an opinion. That ain't no rule. Well, tell mother. <laughs> oh, jeez. Well, listen. I mean, in that yeah. regard, you know, she's. That's not worth a, a, a argument about. So, okay, I guess that's it. I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> okay. Good night. Good night, dear Lynn. Oh, Sleep well. God. Is it a gray and miserable day there? It's, it's, I can't, it's gray. It's always gray. It's gray. It's gray, and I guess there's uh, storms afoot. Why, you got that too? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So go, all of which is to say it's good sleeping weather, go to bed. It's a good read a book weather and sleeping weather. And that's but usually oh my, I can't. Oh, yeah, my okay. poor person. I have to do a Zoom with my uh, my my boxing trainer. Oh. Okay. All right. Well, go for it, Suze. Uh, okay. All right. It's thank not you. It's much fun when I can't hit her. Okay. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. God almighty. My sister has more pent-up hostility than anybody. So, that's it. Sorry. I'm going to try to get some sleep. It would help if 
I weren't worrying about all this stuff I'm talking about. And if my dog didn't throw up when I finally got to sleep around 4 a.m. and at 4.30, puked all over my rug. I'm just saying. We all have our trials and tribulations. Thank you for being here. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.